Engage quantum drive. Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob, and Katie will be joining me in just a moment for today's episode. We recently had the absolute pleasure of chatting with Penny Johnson Gerald, the Orville's Dr. Claire Finn. We talked to Penny about the strength of Dr. Finn as a character, Claire's relationship with Isaac, their dance in From Unknown Graves, the differences between Star Trek and the Orville, and much more. You can follow Penny on Twitter at Penny J. Gerald and on Instagram at Penny Gerald. Before we jump into the interview, just a reminder that you can support the production of this show by becoming a backer on Patreon. At the $5 level, you'll get instant access to over 25 hours of exclusive podcasts, including Mark's alternate one-sentence reviews, as well as new bonus content in the future. You can become a backer by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com support. With that, here's our conversation with Penny Johnson Gerald. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Oh, afternoon. Oh my gosh, look at these colors. I know there's a <laughs> lot going on behind me. <laughs> oh my gosh, can you see what's behind me? It's all blurred. It's all blurred. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Well, it's the Orville. How about that one? I could nice. tell from the colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us. It's lovely to talk with you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. No, we are. We're very excited. We have lots of questions for you. You go right for it, wearing your Trekkie shirt. How about <laughs> Represent. So how did you first learn about the role of Dr. Finn? Did you have to audition for or were you approached? I got a phone call and I and I met with Seth and we talked about it. And the rest is history. I thought I was auditioning, but I learned that it was written for me. So Seth was a fan, a fan of uh, 24, the Larry Sanders show and Trek. Nice. And so when we were talking, it's kind of like, I think he took all those characters and rolled them into this one meaty character. And from the get go, he said, she will be all of that and a bag of chips. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So Dr. Finn is the epitome of like a strong, fearless woman who at the same time is very raw and real. And I, I personally really love that about her. And this season, we're getting to see more of a glimpse of her past and who she is as a person. What has been one of the things that's your favorite part of playing Dr. Finn? And has playing Claire taught you anything about yourself? Oh, my gosh. I'm constantly learning something about myself, no matter who it is I'm playing, because I start with myself. And so all of the characters, especially Claire, they just add to who I am. Because if I haven't had this experience in real life, I'm now having it. I don't have boys. I have a girl. And so being a mother of two boys is fascinating to me because in front of the camera and behind the camera, I see the energy of these two young actors. And it's to me fascinating and I I love it. So then I get to borrow from Penny knowing that this is how you mother people. And so that's all just very exciting. But Claire, as you said, she's all those things. I think she's everything that every woman truly is (laughs) because we are powerful beings. And you seem to have a very strong relationship, speaking of the boys, with the actors on and off screen. Is there something about working with actors who are playing your children that creates a different type of bond? 
Oh, the answer to that, the quick answer is absolutely. I've had on-screen children before, but they've pretty much been my own age. <laughs> and, you know, I've never had like young children. And people always say there are two kinds of actors you don't want to work with. Those are animals and children. And I must say, I want to work with animals and children because those children are so talented. And I think it stems from the fact that they come from great stock. Their parents are wonderful. So what I did, I watched both sets of parents interact with their children. And then I took it upon myself, just being a maternal being, that this is how they do things. And it will be nothing less than this because they are now giving me their children to play off of. And Mm. if I'm their mother on screen, I'm going to be that authority off screen, but in a loving way, because that's how the parents do it. That's really cool. And so like switching a little bit towards a relationship you're having on the show with Isaac, some might consider it unconventional, but very progressive. What were your thoughts when you first found out Claire and Isaac were going to have a relationship? Oh my gosh. Can you give me anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really? You gave me Yafet and then he wasn't there and I had to like make love and pretend he was there. And now I have always thinking, how are we going to do this? But the genius would have it that in the intimate setting that we, that we had in season two, I believe, we get to see a human Isaac in the bed with Claire. So that was kind of nice. And Mark and I was, we were really excited to do that. Mark got in shape. He was swimming every day. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need to kiss Mark. And he's like my best friend. How are we going to do that? <laughs> so at first, a little nervous. But then it was like, it's Mark. Let's just swap spit right now. Do it off camera so it could be comfortable. So we were just kissing all the time. We did, "Mm, oh, love. So, you know, it made it fun. That's amazing. I love the relationship between you two. It's one of my favorite things to watch. I'm really happy to hear that. You too can have a robot. Speaking of Isaac, you've probably spent more screen time with Isaac than any other character on the show. And this season, we've gotten to see, like you said, much more of Mark out of his costume than he ever was before. Is that a welcome change to actually be able to see his face while you're doing a scene with him? You know, I'm sure that Mark loves not being in that costume. (laughs) But my preference, I love the costume. Really? I have grown to love Isaac. I have grown to love Mark playing Isaac in that costume where with just little movement, it excites me as an actor just to see his hand move a certain way. It's poetic to see his head turn a certain way and to be able to imagine what Mark is really doing behind that helmet. So I actually prefer the costume. Wow. That's really interesting. It kind of segues nicely into this because in a scene from Unknown Graves that just happened, Isaac professes his true feelings for Clara, and it was a beautiful scene. And there's also a a really beautiful dance sequence. And I was curious if you all had to practice that or if it was choreographed or if it just flowed that way. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad it looked like it just flowed that way (laughs) because I came in, you know, this was right after the pandemic. And I said, well, why do I have to come and rehearse a dance? You know, I can dance. I go, Penny, you have to come in and do the dance. So we come in, we do the dance, and Mark has to like slap my hands because I always lead when I dance. 
And he says, you are not going to lead. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So we did rehearse it. We were the first ones back from the pandemic. We rehearsed it a few days, actually. But once we were in front of the camera, the dance became ours. It became unchoreographed because it's just like when a writer writes something, once you give it to the actor, it's lifted off of that page and it becomes a marriage. Well, the same with the choreography. Once you give the choreography to the actors and they're in front of the camera, the acting has to be married with that and you just have to make it your own. And that to me was the magic of that. And luckily we had some wonderful choreographers who understood that and they were very gracious in saying, now it's yours. And that moment I felt that it was truly wonderful. It identified the two characters on a level that no one had seen before and quite remarkable. Speaking of that scene, tell me they let you keep that dress. Okay. Behind me, you see the (laughs) oracle thing. Okay. Behind that is a closet. (laughs) (laughs) And the little things that I like to keep and not because I just love to keep them is because I am a person who strongly believes in charity. And at some point in time, I'll just auction it off for charity. That is very important. I mean, for God's sake, I still have my veil from Deep Space Nine when I was married in it. No way. The time hasn't come yet for that to to go away. So yes, I did. But I didn't think that dress was all that to begin with. When I first saw it, I said, okay, um, hmm. But then when I put it on, (laughs) wow, I was like, okay, we could do this one. So the Orville itself has such a wide range of tones from drama to comedy to action. Do you find any of them to be more challenging or rewarding than others? To be honest, no. But to comment on what you just said, it's not one moment comedy, one moment drama, one moment action, one moment adventure. It's all of them meshing together. So I can't pick it out. Now, of course, when you're shooting it, And you can identify the comedic elements or the dramatic elements or all of that because you're trying to get that together as an actor. But when you put it together, you should not be able to go, oh, that's when it was. You you should look at it and go, wow, that had all of those elements in it. And my God, how great. And so I hope that that's exactly what the fans are seeing. Mm. What I also love about the show is it tackles a lot of important topics and it doesn't shy away from those. And it asks difficult questions that get the audience thinking. So as an actor, is it fulfilling to be a part of those philosophical and important discussions? Absolutely. And as an actor, you don't always agree on what is said or what is not being said, but you definitely want it to be said. What I love about the Orville, the writing of the Orville, is that we are not giving you answers. We are giving you information. And with that information, it allows for you to have a conversation. And I think that's what's lacking right now in today's society. We're not talking. We're not talking it out. We're trying to impose a belief on another instead of having a conversation about it and and respecting the fact that, okay, we do have some differences, but we do have a lot of similarities. And it is so exciting that we have someone so brave at the helm to put it out there. 
I, of course, cannot let a conversation with you go by without bringing up Star Trek because I am also a Trek. Because you're wearing a Trek t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you obviously had a very prominent role in Deep Space Nine. And I'm curious, what are some of the similarities and the differences that you've noticed from working on Star Trek and working on the Orville? Similarities, believe it or not. Just like when I was doing the Larry Sanders show, people thought that we were improvising all the time, but it was scripted. And we never really veered from that script. Some of what you did off camera, it may have ended up in the script, but it still became, it was scripted. Well, with the Orville, people are thinking, well, well, some of this surely must be improvised because it's Seth MacFarlane. No, just like Deep Space Nine, the writing of the Orville is truly respected by the actors. Every word that's on the page, you hear it coming out of the mouths of the actors. So we don't stray away from the script and the story there. So that's the big similarity. The difference, I believe, are the stories. Because there's so much going on in the world today, we have so much more to draw from. And so I think that to our advantage, we have many more stories to tell. With Deep Space Nine, we did do that on Far Beyond the Stars. And it's from the past. Mm -hmm. But not a lot that people were really talking about in the late 90s that would want everyone to go to the television and see what are they saying about that. But with the Orville, the stories are profound because we're in a profound time in life. So I think that's the big difference. So even though Claire is a fictional character, what do you hope people will take away from seeing you play Dr. Claire Finn on the show? And what impact do you hope she will leave? Oh, there are so many. Because in my mind, she represents so many people who are not fictional. Single mothers, women who desire to be loved at any age in their lives, relationships, someone who has the ability to heal. All of those wonderful things that you can only imagine in your head but that you want. And so I think that I would like to leave hope. Hope is really big across the board. Hope in that you can do this. It's possible. If Claire can do it, you can do it. Pretty much that. I love that. Now that we're as deep into season three as we are, the fan response has been pretty huge. And I'm curious what your experience has been like to see that kind of response happening on social media and everything. I am truly excited about the response of the fans. I think that if they want to see more, they have to keep saying they want to see more. I would follow everyone in the cast on Instagram and Twitter, especially PJJ on Instagram, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have some great behind the scenes stuff that I'm going to share at some point. I'm excited about the response because I thought that perhaps that's the response that should have been happening all along. Mm -hmm. And I think that we were misrepresented in saying what it, what we were a spoof. We were never a spoof. And so I would never tune in to watch a spoof because that's just not where I live. So I think right now we're represented well in that this is what we're doing, but our home with Hulu right now allows us to really explore and really to give you everything that's at our beck and call. And Seth has been wonderful in utilizing every tool that is available to him. So keep watching. And when we finish this season, watch it again and say something. 
We don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we appreciate you for joining us so much for this. It's an honor to talk to you. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. (laughs) And bye, Trekkie. Oh, bye. (laughs) Thank you. Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on The Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, you can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at the Rob Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at KatiePetersPlays. And Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in, in the, the future. future.